The Donut Bag is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Your data is your business. Protect it with ExpressVPN for three extra months free with a one-year package. Go to the link listed in my Twitter profile. What's going on, everybody? We are continuing our ranking of every Seinfeld episode. We are in part four. We are going to rank numbers 119 to 101. Let's get to a recap of part three. All right. 119, the secretary from season six. This is the one where George gets a secretary who is, he's going for efficiency. So he will not um, have beautiful uh, women. And Jerry thinks that his dry cleaner is wearing a jacket, his jacket at the movies. And Elaine brought a dress, but it doesn't look good. And he thinks that the, she thinks that the place is using um, thin mirrors. Um, so George with the secretary, he he interviews a bunch of beautiful women and says you uh, he's not going to hire them. Isn't that a little uh, <laughs> not PC? How can you how can you tell somebody I'm not going to hire you because you're too pretty? That's uh, that's, just, that's that's discrimination right there. But anyway, he hires a librarian esque woman. And he falls in love with her. And then she, while they're making love, which while they're, well, no, while they're making love, she's even efficient in that and gives him tips on how to be more efficient in sex. Um, but during it, he yells, I'm giving you a raise. Then he goes to Steinbrenner, who this is the first time we see uh, the George Steinbrenner uh, or, or this, you know, uh, an extended look at George Steinbrenner. And he convinces him to give her a raise, but now she makes more than him. And that's that uh, he doesn't like that. Uh, but um, the, the plot with Jerry and the dry cleaners was dumb. Uh, basically, Jerry leaves his uh, clothes and the dry cleaner and his wife uh, um, use them and, and, and he catches them I was like, OK, uh, big deal. Uh, we see Banya in this uh, episode and he buys Kramer suits, but then Kramer uh, um, doesn't have any clothes. So he's stuck in the women's room, <laughs> women's dressing room of the uh, store that Elaine was in. And uh, th- there was a thing about the dry cleaning ticket and getting Uma Thurman's number and yeah, oh, whatever. But th- that's that was the secretary one number 119 number 118 the revenge from season two this is where george marches into his boss's office and tells him off and says he quits then he realizes that was a really dumb idea so he goes back and pretends like nothing happened this actually apparently happened in real life to Larry David. He was working on Saturday Night Live and did this. Uh, but when George does it, the boss notices he's he's talking in the meeting and he says, is that Costanza over there? And then he tells him to get out. But then at the party, um, George shows up and with Elaine, Elaine distracts him and he slips him a Mickey. Um, not, I'm not 
thinking that drugging people is a really good uh, plot device. Uh, and what else happens? Oh, there was a plot with Jerry and Kramer. Um, he, he thought that the dry cleaner took money from him or something like that. He, he left money in, in, in his dry cleaning um, in his laundry bag. And to get back at him, he uh, Kramer puts a bag of cement in one of the um, laundry machines and it breaks the machine. Um, there was a there was a funny gag where uh, Kramer is, has a giant bag of cement, which I, I think was a real bag of cement. And he puts it in there and he's he's just going all over the place. Uh, there was some scene where Newman was threatening to kill himself. We don't see Newman, but there was it was his voice. I don't I don't know what was going on with that. Uh, yeah, I think I, I don't I just think drugging someone is a little bit goes a little bit too far. Number 117, The Stranded from season three. Jerry and Elaine join George for a party. And George uh, hooks up with someone from work and basically leaves Jerry and Elaine there. And Jerry and Elaine are stuck there because they're relying on Kramer to um, uh, be the ride. But Kramer can't find the place. Um, this was kind of interesting because the... The host of the party was Michael Chiklis, who was famous for being on The Shield. Uh, it's been so long, I don't even know if we remember what The Shield was, but that was a that was a pretty big show. Um, there was also a plot with George having a feud with a cashier who says he, she um, at the pharmacy where he, she shortchanged him ten dollars, and then he goes uh, later on he he shoplifts ten dollars worth of medicine, and uh, they got caught. Um, the Michael Chiklis character shows up at Jerry's apartment later on and Jerry says, well, sorry, I got to go. So he just sits in Jerry's apartment and then Kramer comes by and they are drinking and hire a hooker. And then Jerry has to pay for the hooker and Jerry gets caught paying the hooker. So he goes, to, he gets arrested. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was that. Um, there is an iconic scene and quote in this uh, when they're at the party. And that is from Elaine. This is where we hear the line. Maybe the dingo ate your baby. Great, great line. Iconic. Uh, and I mean, they're, they're Jerry and Elaine are at this party and they don't really know anybody. And they're, they're making small talk and they have this signal where they say, if, if the conversation gets really bad, pat your head. Pat your head, and and Elaine gets in this ridiculous conversation with this guy who goes on and on about George Washington Carver. He said he devoted his whole life to the peanuts. Goes on and on about that, and uh, there's some guy that talks to Jerry and says, "How do you get your material?" And Jerry says, "I hear a mo a voice. It's a man's voice, but it's in German, so I have to get it translated." Pretty funny. Um, so that is 117, The Stranded. Number 116, The English Patient from season eight. Elaine is dragged to see the movie The English Patient. She hates the film. Uh, there is a plot of George's um, girlfriend, who's Danielle, who mistakes George for Neil, but she says that George is, is better looking than him. And... 
there is a plot with Jerry visiting his parents in Florida. This is where we see Izzy Mandelbaum, Mandelbaum, Mandelbaum. Um, Kramer asks Jerry to pick up some Cubans while he's there, but Kramer he. Kramer doesn't specify whether they're people or cigars. Um, so while Jerry's there, Izzy Mandelbaum challenges Jerry to a weightlifting contest and Izzy gets hurt. So he winds up in the hospital. Um, then <laughs> Izzy's, uh, Izzy's kid gets involved and Izzy's kid is very old. And he, at one point he says to, to Jerry, why don't you pick on somebody your own age? And Jerry says, do you have any kids? Um, then, then, uh, they're the, the, the the grandfather shows up and this is a funny thing uh the actor that played the oldest mandelbaum is actually younger than than izzy um who's who was played by lloyd bridges so that was funny uh but yeah izzy mandelbaum was great so you think you're better than me it's go time uh great shirt there was there was a gag with um the number one dad shirt that jerry got for uh his dad and Jerry's dad said, this is the most thoughtful gift that you've ever bought me. And Jerry says, I got you a Cadillac. Uh, Elaine really wanted to see sack lunch. And I, I, I think we all do this. Do we, you know, there, there are goofy movies out there. And then there's those pretentious artsy fartsy movies like the English. Patient. I never saw the English patient and I, never, I have no interest in seeing the English patient. I would rather see something like sack lunch, something that's goofy or, or funny or something like that. Um, so uh, uh, Elaine, they're, they're talking about uh, the English patient at work and Elaine lies and says she hasn't seen it. So Jay Peterman makes him, makes her see it with him. And, she just loses it and she says quit telling your stupid story about the stupid desert and just die already die that was great um th the whole thing with uh kramer and the, the the they're actually not cubans or dominicans but they're dominican people and that's that's i don't know human trafficking is a little <laughs> that's another thing that goes a little too far uh at the end jay peterman fire uh, is threatening to fire Elaine but says if you don't if, if you go to Tunisia to learn more about the English patient uh then, then she could keep her job she's on the plane it gets hijacked by the the, the Dominicans okay whatever uh, that was 116 the English patient number 115 the Jimmy from season six Elaine asks Jimmy to go to the benefit for able mentally challenged adults organization we're starring mel torme and jerry suspects that tim watley and his assistant are using patients for sexual pleasures oh boy um, also there is a plot of george um being suspected of stealing and he's he gets really sweaty because of various things either working out or eating spicy chicken uh so it's just there's there's just a lot going on here uh this is the first time we see mr wilhelm uh but uh the 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 thing with the jimmy i, I hated the jimmy 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 says this and jimmy does this jimmy does it, like oh it got really annoying jimmy referring to jimmy in the third person and then george starts doing it george does things like 
George is getting upset. And uh, George, George likes his chicken spicy. Uh, it's the Kung Pao. Uh, I, I, what, what brings this episode down is, and you know, so, so because uh, Kramer has Novocaine, he, his, his, his speech is a little slurred. So uh, this guy thinks that he is mentally challenged. And then when he goes to the benefit with Elaine, Jimmy's there. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy hurt himself because of, of Kramer's drool from the, from the dental work. And he vows revenge on Kramer. So he sees Kramer punches him out. So now Kramer's face is messed up and he's, he's sounding, uh, he, he looks mentally challenged again. Not exactly the most PC of plots, uh, but the, the Jimmy, the Jimmy was was annoying, and I mean, it's it's strongly suggested that they sexually molested Jerry, and, and Elaine has this line, "Okay, so you were violated by two people while, while you were under the gas. So what? You're single." I think that's going a little too far. So it's one fifteen. The Jimmy. Number 114, the stand-in from season five. Kramer gets a job with Mickey as a TV, TV stand-in. Um, Elaine sets, Jerry sets up Elaine with a guy who says he would be perfect for her, but that date does not go well. Uh, Jerry visits the hospital, um, visits a friend in the hospital. He doesn't laugh at any of his jokes. Um, and George is pushed to consider marrying a bore of a woman just because his friend uh, told her that George can't commit. So, yeah, this is uh, I think this is the first time we see Mickey. And there's the whole thing about their how they're stand ins for I think it was all my children or something like that. And there's that, you know, Mickey's a stand in for the kid and and uh, and uh, Kramer's a stand in for the dad and. Uh, Kramer tells Mickey to, to, to lift his shoes because uh, the kid keeps growing and uh, Kramer says you should offer him cigarettes maybe maybe he'll stop growing that, that's pretty funny uh, but but apparently lifting um, putting lifts in your shoes as a as a little person is is frowned upon and they 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 find it out okay um, so he gets so so Mickey gets ostracized in the in the community. Uh, at the end, he says, "I'm Mickey Abbott. I stood in for Punky Brister when all of you was nothing." That's pretty funny. But what really makes this episode is Elaine's date with I think his name was Phil Totola or something like that, and she's on a date. Everything's going well. They're in a car, and he takes. It out and the scene with when Elaine took Elaine tells Jerry he took it out one one of the best in this in this in, in, the, in the whole series uh yeah the, such such a great scene um uh, you know Jerry says so you were talking you're having a pleasant conversation and then all of a sudden it it out out and uh when she tells Kramer, Kramer's like, oh, and then he says, maybe it needed some air. Um, also, George had a great line. He said, I spent so much time taking their clothes off. I never thought of taking mine off. Yeah, 
this is uh, this is one of the one of the best. Um, this is one fourteen. The stand-in number one thirteen. This the phone message from season two. George leaves several awkward messages on a girlfriend's answering machine, then decides to steal the tape. Um, uh, and Jerry goes on a date with Donna, but they get into an argument when she says she likes um Do- a Docker's TV commercial that Jerry hates. Uh, so this was. First of all, the ratings for this were so low that they actually considered canceling the entire series. That's how bad it was. But this was it's kind of understandable because it was a last minute thrown together episode because there was a an episode called The Bet uh, that was never aired. But basically it was about Elaine buying a gun and. Elaine just refused. Julia Louis Dreyfus just refused to do this episode. They had they just scrapped the whole thing and they made this at the last minute. Uh, so, uh, just just I mean, it was okay. And let me let me just say, a bad episode of Seinfeld is better than ninety percent of any TV show that's been out there. But anyway, um, it's you know it's also extremely outdated. Does anybody remember? You know. Um, phone tape messages where you, uh, yeah, you, 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 you left a message on someone and then they could, they could, I think I could call in and check it, but basically it was on a tape and uh, you could save them. And in this case, George switched out the tape, but she already knew about it. She already heard the messages Eh, whatever. Um, there was a there was a good line, and and actually, I'd like to try this uh, where um George says, "My goal is to have three hundred sixty pair of underwear. That way, I only have to do laundry once a year." For by the way, George, there's three hundred sixty five days in a year, but um, I would that that's that's actually a, a, a something I would love. I would love to, to have just a whole just a whole bunch of underwear, so I so I'd only have to do uh, laundry once a year. Um, and there was a there was a funny thing where. Um, that started all this where George was in in the car with with this woman and things are going well. She says, do you want to come upstairs for, for coffee? And he says, oh, no, I can't have coffee now. It's too late in the night. I, I would be up all night. And then she re- he realizes that coffee isn't coffee. Uh, I remember this was a that was a gag in Big Bang Theory, too. That was that was also a joke. So as one thirteen, the phone message. Number 112, the switch from season six. Jerry wants to switch from dating a non-laughing woman to dating her roommate. Uh, and Elaine loans out a tennis racket and has difficulty retrieving it. And George enlists Kramer's mother to spy on a bulimic girlfriend. Uh, this is where we learn that, Co- that Kramer's first name is Cosmo. Okay. I guess that was that was a big deal. Um, but the the montage of Jerry and George trying to figure out how to switch from the roommate the, from the from the the girlfriend that is that won't laugh at anything to the other um, to the roommate who laughs at everything. And this 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 great montage where they're thinking and coming up with it. And finally, George figures it out. That's that that was really good. Um, also, we see Kramer's mom. I don't think we ever see her again. I think I think she was just on for one time or something like that. Um, 
kind of uh kind of disturbing that her and Newman hooked up. <laughs> so, okay. Um uh, at, at one point uh Jerry says, I'm lactose intolerant. I have no patience for it and I won't stand for it. Pretty good. Uh that was 112 the switch. Number 111, the Cheever levers, Cheever letters from season four. Jerry offends Elaine's assistant. Uh, Kramer makes a contact for Cuban cigars. A box of letters from John Cheever is all that remains after Susan's father's cabin burns down. Okay, so let's start with Jerry. Uh, There was this whole thing with Elaine and he got the assistant in trouble and then uh, to make up for it, he goes on a date with her and things progress, but he, his dirty talk, <laughs> he says, uh, uh, he says, you mean the panties your mother laid out for you that freaks her out and she leaves and that he begs her not to tell anybody. Um, when George, when Jerry is telling George about this, uh, at Monk's and, George Jerry says, "Yeah, we were we were doing you know the usual dirty talk," and George says, "Well, what's what's the usual dirty talk?" And and you know Jerry says it real really low. George is holding a bottle of ketchup, and as he's as George, as Jerry's telling this, the, the, he, he squeezes the ketchup and it goes everywhere. That was that was great. Um, Kramer gave his jacket for Cuban cigars. Who who, who cares? Um, and, uh, they, they, this is the first time we see, um, Susan's parents and we see that, uh, basically Susan's dad is really stuffy and Susan's mom is just a big drunk. Um, there was, there was a line when, uh, when they're, they're, uh, meeting the parents, and she's she's just she's just basically trolling her husband, and uh, I think I think he says something like, "Why don't you put on more lipstick?" Or something like that. Um, but what is revealed is, oh yeah, th- so they have to tell um, Susan's father that the cabin burned down, and then it's revealed that it's like the, the only thing was a box of letters in this, in this metal box from, from John Cheever, who I think is actually a real author. And it, it actually, yeah, actually is because it actually was revealed that he was bisexual or something like that. But anyway, uh, in this case, they, they read the letters and uh, it's, it's, it's basically, basically reveals that, that this guy, John Cheever had, had an affair with uh, Susan's father. And then they all find out and he said something like, yes, and it was wonderful. And he satisfied me in a way no one that you can't or something like that. So uh, that was that was great. Uh, but the, the payoff of the whole thing with Jerry and Elaine is uh, at, the, at the very end, um, Elaine is leaving Jerry's apartment. And Jerry thinks that that the whole dirty talk thing was safe. But Elaine leaves and says, yeah, I'll go. Maybe I'll go visit my mother. She just bought me some new panties and they're all laid out for me. Great line. And the audience goes wild at this, at this line. So um, this is one of those episodes that just had a, a, a perfect ending. 
So that was 111, the Cheever letters. Number 110, the butter shave from season nine. Kramer discovers that putting butter as using butter as a sunscreen will fry him. George gets a job with a company that makes playground equipment and um, he convinces his boss that he's handicapped. Uh, Jerry is, is uh, doing well at comedy clubs, but, but Banya follows him and, and uh, does even better. And Elaine is on her way from Scandinavia with putty and they keep breaking up and get beginning back together. It's, it's just, it was just a lot going on. Um, for some reason, they I think this is the season nine premiere. They start the uh, episode. They're talking about like where Holland is in the Netherlands and the Dutch and stuff. And, and they're both wearing mustaches. And they said, well, this is supposed to be a vacation from ourselves. Like, I don't know. It was, it was stupid. Um, there was there was a good line. I think Kramer said uh, a month in Europe with Elaine. That guy's coming home in a body bag. Uh, but uh one of the best parts was when George is uh, George gets the job at this uh, playground equipment place and he, he he's wearing, he's using a cane. So they assume he's handicapped and there's this great montage. My baby takes the morning train. It's it's the, the it, I love, I, I want to be in a montage sometime. Why can't I be in a montage? I, I, I want these are, these are two things that I want. I want to be in a montage and I want someone to accompany me with a boombox to give appropriate music to be the soundtrack of my life. Why, these are the things that I want. Why, why can't this happen? Uh, there's there's the there's the um, the visual of Kramer looking like a turkey because basically <laughs> basically uh, Newman wants to eat Kramer. Is basically where we're getting at. Uh, and uh, Newman smells food, which is actually Kramer uh, sunning himself with butter. And uh, but 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 Newman thinks that the food is coming from Jerry's apartment. And so he goes to Jerry's apartment and uh, Jerry says, no, it's not, it's not me. There's nothing here. And, and Newman says, damn you, Seinfeld, you useless postule. So stupid. Um, yeah. And, and, and Elaine is, is on the plane with putty and they keep breaking up. Um, the guy next to Elaine is some, some foreign guy that they call vegetable lasagna. That's like, okay, whatever. Uh, so that's 110, the butter shave. 109, the big salad. George gets upset when he buys a large salad for Elaine, but his girlfriend gets the thanks for it. This actually happened. This is something that this is something from Larry David. And now that we've seen, you know, multiple seasons of Curb Your Enthusiasm, this should not surprise anyone that uh, this is something that, that it would happen to Larry David. Uh, there's also the plot where Jerry is going out with a beautiful woman, but she dated Newman and Newman dumped him. Newman dumped her and Jerry cannot get past that, that he's dating a woman that Newman dumped. Um, and then there is this thing with Kramer getting into an argument with a, about golf and the guy lost his temper and 
allegedly killed a, a dry cleaning person or something like that. Uh, basically, it was a big it was a big parody of the O.J. Simpson thing. Um, they even used footage of the O.J. Simpson chase. So, uh, oh, yeah. And then and Elaine is searching for a mechanical pencil and he gets trapped into dating a creepy stationary store guy. That was really that was really stupid. Uh, but but the big thing from this is the big salad. You had to order the big salad. OK, whatever. Um, so Jerry is telling Elaine about about this this woman that uh, previously dated Newman. And Elaine says, maybe there's more to Newman than meets the eye. And Jerry says, no, there's less. And Elaine says, he's an enigma trapped in a mystery, wrapped in a riddle. And Jerry says, he's a mystery trapped in a Twinkie. Uh, so that's 109, the big salad. Number 108, the secret code, season seven. George refuses to give anyone his secret code for his uh, for his debit card. Kramer gets a police scanner and ends up as the ladder man in a fire company. J- Jerry does a series of ads for Leap and Larry's appliance store, and he causes a fire. Um, but Elaine, ha- Elaine goes to dinner with... Um, and and she and she brings along Jerry and George, but she uh, she leaves them, and 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 Jerry is able to get out of it too. But it's basically Jay Peterman and George, and they go to Jay Peterman's dying mother, and <laughs> George tells this the, the secret code to Peterman's mother, and she just keeps screaming it, and then she dies. Okay, and she and Peterman cannot figure out why she's she's yelling Bosco, Bosco. Um, also, uh, Elaine's corner. Uh, 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 this this guy Fred. Um, she doesn't remember me. He doesn't remember meeting her before. That that was really stupid. But uh, but when when Kramer tries to figure out George's um, code. He he says, what kind of man are you? You're weak, spineless, a man of temptations. But what tempts you? You're a porky fellow, long in the waistband. Yours is a sweet tooth. You may stray, but you always return to your dark master, the cocoa bean. That was that was good. Oh, there's also a whole thing about um, George won't give it to don't give the code to Susan and whatever. Is Bosco a real thing? I'm not even sure. Is that actually a really a real uh, chocolate syrup or whatever? Uh, but at the end of the episode, Peterman puts in the catalog. He says the rogue's wallet. That's where he kept his card, his dirty little secret. Short, devious, balding. His name was Costanza, and he killed my mother. <laughs> Good stuff. Up. Uh, by the way, I just learned today that Jay Peterman is, actually was a catalog. <laughs> I didn't know that was a real thing. Number 107, The Chaperone from season six. Jerry connects with a Miss America pageant contestant, Miss Rhode Island at a Yankees game, asks her on a date, but they have to have a chaperone. And Kramer volunteers to be the chaperone. Um Elaine is hired by Mr. Pitt as, as his personal assistant and her, she has to go buy socks. Um, 
And George is surprised to learn that the Yankees uniforms are made of of polyester and switches them to cotton. And (laughs) that has repercussions. There is, um, there's a great line when Elaine is uh, interviewing for a job and uh, the, the lady goes on about grace, about who has grace and who doesn't have grace, whatever. And Elaine says, all right, all right, look, I don't have grace. I don't want grace. I don't even say grace, okay? Great line. Um, but Mr. Pitt, I, I guess... Um, Jacqueline Kenny Onassis just died, and uh, she put on the 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 glasses and the and the and the scarf on her on her face, and it looked like her. And okay, um, what was really interesting about this was this this aired in September twenty second, nineteen ninety four. This was the season six premiere, and uh, Seinfeld aired on Thursdays. But what also debuted, there were two shows, two notable shows that debuted that night, Friends and ER. And uh, that basically took Seinfeld from a, a successful show to a mega hit because Friends was automatically a mega hit. ER became a huge hit and it basically became, you know, the Thursday night block of must see TV. It just, it just, it just exploded. Like every, each show was, was awesome. Uh, and uh, this is the first time, this is a great line that I use all the time. Now uh, the, the Yankees, the Yankees at first loved the cotton uniforms, but then it, it became a disaster and Jerry is is hearing about how how terrible the the Yankees are doing. And he just laying back and says, "That's a shame." I I use that all the time. So that's one hundred seven, the chaperone. Number one hundred six, the showerhead from season seven. Peterman wants Elaine to go to Africa, but she tests positive for opium because she eats a lot of poppy seed uh, muffins, so she can't. Um, George tries to convince his parents to move to Florida so he could get his buffer zone, but there's that he has problems with Jerry's parents. Um, but the, it's called the showerhead because they the building installed low flow showerheads and Kramer knew and by uh, black market showerheads. Uh, so Jerry appears on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. And he's joking about Uncle Leo, and Uncle Leo gets mad. Um, and there's this whole thing. This is this happened just after um, Jerry's dad got impeached for the whole Cadillac incident, and uh, and, and so they move. They 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 might permanently move to New York to and and. Poor Jerry doesn't have that buffer zone anymore, so they're they're always he always has to deal with his parents. Um, but but when Jay Peterman says uh, tells Elaine, he says, "I'm afraid it's your urine, Elaine. You tested posium for opium. That's right, Elaine. White Lotus, yam yam, Shanghai Sally. I, I love Jay Peterman. Um, and then Kramer comes in to the to where Elaine works." And says, talking is talking about the shower heads. He's like, I need the good stuff. And Peterman thinks 
he's talking about drugs because of the the Elaine, uh, <laughs> the Elaine, uh, the, the the drug test thing, and he just manhandles Kramer. He just throws him around. <laughs> that was that was that was a great uh, scene. Um, but we we find out that Jer- the Seinfeld's parents hate George's parents. Uh, let me just say that. I loved and hated both sets of parents because if you if you combined Jerry's parents with my parents, that was basically my mom and dad. They were they were basically all the traits of Jerry's parents and all the traits of of, of George's parents into one. That is my parents. So anytime I see a story about 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 either their parents, it just it 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 it, it, it touches me. It, it it strikes a nerve. Let me put it that way. Uh, there's there's a good line. They're all uh, visiting Jerry um, as he's as he's about to go on the Tonight Show, and George's mom says, "Oh, Jerry, I don't know how you could do this. I'm so nervous for you." And Jerry says, "Actually, I'm drunk." Pretty good line. Uh, there is so so the um, so George is trying to get his parents to move to Florida. And he's talking about Del Boca Vista, and uh, but when when George's parents say that to Jerry's parents, they're like, "Oh no, there's nothing available. There, you can't get anything there." And uh, George's dad says, "Are you telling me there's no condos left in Del Boca Vista?" He had this is one of those um, great outtakes where. Uh, he just could not say Del Boca Vista. He keeps messing it up. Um, but there's also there's also a line where uh, George's dad leaves a message for the Seinfelds. He says, this is Frank Costanza. You think you could keep us out of Florida? We're moving in lock, stock, and barrel. We're going to be in the pool. We're going to be in the clubhouse. We're going to be all over that shuffleboard courts. And I dare you to keep me out. There is also a line um, which which is a callback to um, you're you're killing independent George. Jerry says, You're killing independent Jerry. Um, independent George is, is one of the best <laughs> best lines of the whole series. So that's 106, the showerhead. Number 105, the scoff law from season six. When George learns that their friend Gary never had cancer, as he claimed, he promises to keep it a secret from Jerry. Of course, George keeps that secret for only about two seconds. Um, Elaine gets all upset because uh, um, her ex-boyfriend um, Kramer said hi to his ex. Kramer tell told Jake Jarmel that she says hi, and she got all mad about that. Uh, and then. Kramer has a run-in with a local beat cop who says his white whale was this guy that amassed a bunch of parking tickets. It turns out it's it's Newman. Okay, I mean there's just not there's just a lot not working here. Um, didn't really care about Jake Jarmel's glasses frames, uh, but the, uh, the so so yeah, Gary is played by John Lovitz, and he says he says I've been living a lie. And George says just just one. I'm living like twenty. Um, there's also a, a funny scene where George, um, Jerry says to Kramer, do you know what a whip does? 
and you know, a whip like in the Senate in the House. And and Kramer says, Well, you know, in the old days when the senators didn't vote the way the party leaders wanted them to, they whipped them. <laughs> he's holding he's holding up weapon says, You better vote the way we want you to, or there's gonna be trouble. Good, good, uh, good history lesson there. Um but I mean, the whole thing with Newman and the tickets, and for some reason, Kramer has an eye patch, which is never explained. Uh, I think I think at one point Kramer says, I want to be a pirate, which is a callback to the uh, the pirate shirt, the puffy shirt uh, thing. OK, whatever. There's just there's just a lot going on. Ah, but there is a great line at the end. George gets a toupee and he walks in the monks and he talks to this beautiful woman. He leans over. He says, "How's your life? All right, good stuff. Smooth." Um, so that's one hundred five. The scofflaw number one hundred four. The wink from season seven. Jerry squirts grapefruit into George's eye at breakfast, and for the rest of the day, George is misinterpreted because everyone thinks he is winking at them. Um, so. Uh, this causes Kramer to sell Steinbrenner's birthday card and gets George's co-worker Morgan uh, to get fired. Um, Elaine is dating the wake-up service guy uh, that she met on the phone. Um, and Jerry is dating Elaine's cousin, Holly, who loves to eat meat. And Jerry tries to impress her by eating her mutton, but actually stuffs the chewed up pieces in Grandma Mima's napkins and into his jacket. So there's that whole thing. Um, but And then Elaine bar- borrows Jerry's jacket and gets chased by dogs. She spends the night at at the, the wake-up call guy's house, and they sleep head-to-toe in the sofa bed. And okay, whatever. Oh, and then Kramer makes a deal with a terminally ill boy named Bobby that if Paul O'Neill hits two home runs, he'll give Kramer the birthday card back. Ah, that's that's <laughs> That's a little low. Um, this I, this I, this episode is notable because during the closing scene, George Steinbrenner is talking to George, and he he basically says that uh, that Mr. Morgan got fired because of of the the whole winking thing and the, and the birthday card business, and he says oh, I have let a lot of people go, and he talks about all the managers that he let go. And he mentions Buck Showalter. Buck Showalter was actually the manager at the time. And two weeks later, he got fired. He says, he says, uh, um, Billy Martin, um, this guy, that guy, blah, 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 blah. Buck Showalter. He's like, but, but you didn't hear that from me. And then two weeks later, he actually gets fired in real life. So that's, uh, that's funny. And, and Hey, I mean, this is, this is the, this is uh, the mid nineties. So this is as soon as Joe Buck Showalter got fired, uh, they replaced him with Joe Torrey. And that's when the Yankees, like basically mini dynasty happened of the, of the mid nineties for those uh, world series teams. Um, and uh, th- there was a, there was a good line when, when, Jerry uh George says you you must have got a piece of pulp in in, in my eye and and Jerry says you Jerry, pulp can't make it across the table and uh George says pulp can move baby um and then when Elaine tells them that that she slept with the guy but they they were sleeping head to toe and and George uh, Jerry says well so what your genitals are still lined up Okay, so that was the wink number 104. 
Number 103, The Virgin from season four. Not having come up with a script for a new sitcom, George and Jerry now have to face the music when they meet NBC executives. Uh, George's lack of discretion has repercussions. So this is where Jerry sees Marla, who is a closet organizer, and she didn't he didn't want to date her because she was a virgin and he finds out she still is. Um, so, so he uses this excuse the, to Marla that says, uh, you know, this is, you know, before when they were dating, he says, I, I, I can't, I can't date you because I'm going to Berlin for, for the, for the wall. And she said, she's like, well, how was that? And she's like, Oh, I ended up not going because they were, it, it um, CNN did, did such a good job of covering it, and uh, so but Marla's boyfriend was actually so inspired by that he went to Berlin. He went to Berlin, and, uh, and Jerry had this good line. It's like, oh, you must have been devastating being left for a wall. Um, but this is uh, one of the famous scenes where Jerry just finds out that Marla is still a virgin. And Elaine comes in and she goes on and on about her diaphragm. And she says, big deal. So I carry around my diaphragm. You never know when you're going to need it. And she gets all upset and leaves. And Elaine is like, well, what, what happened? And Jerry says, she's a virgin. She just told me. And Elaine's like, I don't, I didn't know. And Jerry says, well, it's not like spotting a toupee. Um, and then, and then Elaine says, was I being anti-virgin? I'm not anti-virgin. Um, and she talks to Marla and says um, that that guys are um, basically how, how terrible guys are <laughs> and, and sex and sex is no big deal or something like that. And um, but but there's the plot with George. G- George is uh, George wants to get girls, but can't because he's with Susan. So it's 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 this dilemma he's in. If he if he break if he dumps her, then they won't get the then they won't get the the pilot deal. But if he stays with her, he can't get girls. So his solution is to fix her up with David Letterman. So he chases David Letterman, and and Jerry has to to, have to give this that they, they they could not come up with a script for for over a month. They could not come up with an idea for a script, and finally George has this idea where. Uh, where somebody uh, gets into a wreck and the guy doesn't have insurance, so he becomes a butler. So, uh, so George, Jerry is stuck in this in this meeting with the executives. Um, Russell is not there, and they say, "What we, they say? Where, where's Russell?" And uh, someone says, "Russell had to go to L.A. There was a problem on the set of Blossom," um, and uh, so Jerry gives the. First, Jerry gives the plot of the Chinese restaurant, which actually in real life, the executives did hate the NBC executives did hate. They thought it was a stupid idea. And, you know, we saw we saw how that turned out. But so they they hate that idea. But then, you know, just out of desperation, George, Jerry mentions the uh, the butler idea <laughs> and and the, the executives loved it. You know, so it's it's um, the whole the whole. Um, show within a show making thing was was just such a great great plot um but george eventually comes in and 
Um, and he did talk to David Letterman, but he could not convince her to date Susan. But he, he comes in and he gives Susan a kiss and that leads to Susan being fired. Uh, but um, there was also a thing where um, where they were ordering Chinese and um, Ping gets into an accident with Elaine and that that leads to something later on. But uh, um, that the so 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 Elaine so so um, Susan and George break up and Jerry said that's a shame they had a really good thing going and Elaine says yeah since she met him she's been vomited on her family cabin's been burned down she learned her father was a homosexual and she got fired from a high paying network job yeah they had a real good thing going great great line uh so so they're broken up this is a best case scenario for for George cuz he could still you know be on the pilot and he uses that line on a girl he says ah, i'm wearing i'm wearing a uh, pilot for a sitcom and the girl just laughs in his face she's like he's guys right us right a sitcom and he used it as a line they basically laugh in his face so that's that's great uh there was also a great line uh when when uh jerry tells george about the virgin and george says i don't i don't want to be the first i don't want to be remembered i want to be forgotten so that's 103 the virgin number 102 the understudy from season six George dates the ultra sensitive understudy for Bette Midler in Rochelle, Rochelle, the musical and the improv uh, team is scheduled to play Rochelle, Rochelle at a softball game. George runs into Bette Midler and scores the winning run, but Ben Midler is injured and the understudy has to, has to be in there. This is, and Kramer goes out of his way to help Bette Midler this is basically a parody of the whole Tanya Harding, uh, Nancy Kerrigan thing. Uh, so very well done. There's also a plot of Elaine is, um, gets her nails done at this uh, Korean uh, nail sh- salon, but they all make fun of her. They all talk about her in Korean and she gets a spy. She gets George's dad to speak Korean. Um, I mean, George to to because George's dad knows Korean and he gets to spy on her, and um, and uh, <laughs> that leads to a bunch of stuff. So, uh, so yeah, the the whole thing with with uh, with Jerry and George and and the whole Nancy Kerrigan thing that was that was good. Um, I like the lane the line where Bette Midler is a bat. And George is the catcher and he's trying to, to mess with her. And he said, he said, Hey, I saw beaches last night. Wow. That really stunk. And ben Midler says, get some talent and you can mouth off. <laughs> Great line. Um, so Elaine, um, Elaine brings in Frank and they're talking about them in Korean and Frank just goes nuts on them. He says, I know what you're saying about me. You got a lot of nerve. And it turns out that he had an affair with this Korean woman many years ago. And she's actually in the back and she hears them and they're in the car and they're talking. And apparently there's this thing about Frank having stinky feet or something like that. But anyway, Frank, um, 
Frank stops short, which is his patented move. He stops short and um, she freaks out. She's like, we don't, you stop short with me. We don't do that in Korea. Get me out of here. <laughs> okay. Um, there's also a callback to Fusilli Jerry because uh, Kramer makes macaroni Midler. Um, so Elaine is, they, they yell, the, the Korean women yell at little Elaine. She's crying. It's in the rain. And she runs into Jay Peterman and Jay Peterman um, offers him a job. This, this is, I believe, the, the, um, the season finale of season six. Um, and again, I just, I just learned there actually is a Jay Peterman catalog. So, but the, 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 it was the whole thing was, was basically a big, um, uh, parody of, of Tanya Harding and the whole, there was also the thing where the, the understudy, um, she, she cried at the weirdest things and, and, and Jerry wasn't sure whether to console her or not. It's like, okay, whatever. So that was one Oh two, the understudy. Number 101, the barber from season five. Oh boy. So Jerry regrets giving his longtime barber the heave ho after he gets a ridiculous looking haircut. And George it gets George is interviewing for a job. He's not sure whether he got it or not, but he just shows up anyway. Um so so yeah, he's interviewing and, and the guy said, um, he said, you really, you, you, you could really understand. I really enjoy, you're really good at understanding. And uh, George says, I enjoy understanding. Uh, and, and the guy says, I want you to have this job, of course. And then that's it. Just, just leaves it at that. So George has no idea what, 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 what does that mean? So he, he decides to just show up. He just shows up and uh and he gets to work on the penske file and i love i the the line uh you're not penske material that's i that's one of my favorite lines of, of the series um but but P- penske comes and he says you're you are in penske material um how'd you like to work for me but you you are aware and then that 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 never gets finished. So so there's there's that. Um, but the whole thing with Jerry and the barber, there's there's two barbers. There's a good barber and the bad barber. The uh, the Italian uh, accident accent and they talk about the Edward the scissor hands. Let me tell you something. People don't like when they talk like this. That's really offensive to Italians, huh? That's I hated those barbers so much. That might be my least favorite uh, characters of the whole series. My goodness, don't, that's just offensive. Don't don't you? It's just oh, I'm so angry. That's that's not how the way you. That's not how the Italians talk, huh? Don't you think it's a little bit offensive, huh? Come on, come on. Um. Yeah, you know they talk about the end of scissors and hands. Uh, if you have a hand like a scissors, <sighs> why don't you talk about the gabagool too? Like, come on, the over-the-top Italian accent. Just, just, just bite me with that. I'm just, now, now I'm mad. <laughs> um, so that is that is that. 
Um, that is part four. Uh, again, trying to put these out once a week. I've tried to do about 15, 20 a week. It is, uh, it's, it is fun doing this, um, but it's also a little time consuming. So bear with me here, but uh there we go. So we are we are marching along. We are we're at or now we're we're going into the top 100. So uh stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening. Bye.